Alright, hello and welcome to the second episode of the Filmbox Podcast. I'm your host and your mentor and your guide on this magical journey that we've sent ourselves on to, Aaron Souza. Joined by his sage, his mentor, his guru. It's me, Connor. How we doing? Oh, God. Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing just peachy, my friend. We say this like we haven't actually been talking to each other for a half hour. <laughs> no, I I get a text from you saying, let's record. I hop on. As soon as we end this, I'm never talking to you again until the next time you text. I basically, I put you in carbon freeze until it's time to record. And then I pull you out of, <laughs> of stasis and it's like, record. <laughs> and that's it. Pretty much. Um, all right. Well, we got a, a whole host of things to talk about today. It's a busy, busy few days in the movie industry since the last time we recorded. Not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not really. But we're getting there. We got stuff to talk about. That's yes, all that matters. Absolutely. absolutely have stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be, obviously, we have some news to talk about. We've got uh, kind of a recap of what we've been watching lately. We got, uh, we're actually going to go into a little bit. The behind the scenes, our first behind the scenes bit of the making of Star Wars, the original. It's very interesting. If you haven't heard the story, you haven't heard it, uh, it's definitely worth a listen. Um, and then we're going to be ending with some with some fun bits. So we'll see how that goes. Yes, we shall. But let's uh, roll right on into the into the news. I should have like a uh, <laughs> like a, a, a like a, a horn. Like a news reel or something. Yeah, there we go. Like a news ticker. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'll kick us Jay- off. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis of Halloween fame is teasing that the Halloween Ends trailer might be coming next week. Yeah, so cool stuff. Uh, on Twitter, she tweeted out a pumpkin with the date seven twenty on it. You know, she's three months off from being on the Lord's Day four twenty, but whatever. <laughs> oh um, my god! So. <laughs> I don't know if I've made this clear for the show or not, but your boy is a big horror movie fan. Love the Halloween movies. The good, the bad, and the weird. Yeah. Halloween 3 comes to mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ev- um, eventually, we'll talk about that because I got some thoughts. But anywho, people involved are saying that this one will be interesting. Yeah. they So they tweeted, and if... I actually um, put out a tweet the other day, and if you don't follow uh, the film box on Twitter, uh, it's at the film box pod on Twitter. Follow it. Uh, we give some great movie uh, opinions and keep updated with the news on there as well. Um, but they said that there's it's going to be like uh, they're they're gonna like move away from what they've been doing in the previous two installments of this like reboot slash sequel slash requel slash yeah, i think i think requel is probably the best think, yeah requel is probably the best because they uh, yeah it's these these timelines are way too complicated or in the age um, of the requel anyway so but uh they did say that the third installment in the trilogy is going to be weird and different and john carpenter who created the series uh way back in 1970 whatever mm-hmm. um called the Called the movie a departure in a recent interview. Yeah. So I mean, I have I have my thoughts because I forget if this was ever official, but they've made it as clear as they could without saying it that they will never kill him off mm. just so that they can 
dust him back off in a couple years <laughs> if they want to make, make more money. More money. <laughs> yeah. Bring him back out for more money. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah, I was a really big fan of the first one. Uh, the first requel, Halloween 2018. Yeah, it was yeah. 2018. And I do have a f- just a quick little funny story about that. Oh, boy. Our oh, experience with that. He knows what uh, I'm talking about. Yeah, we saw it together. So. Saw it together when it came out. We were sophomores in college. And I don't know, maybe a week later, I was helping you clean out your dorm. And I saw the ticket just laying on the windowsill. I grabbed it. I said, hey, Aaron, look, it's the ticket from Halloween. And he goes, we saw it on Friday. (laughs) And I was like, no, you dumbass. (laughs) Halloween the movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. It took me a couple tries to actually understand what you were saying, too. It wasn't like I just got it right away, either. No, so I, was, I saw the, the wheels slowly starting to turn and turn until finally you're like, oh. Smoke was coming out of my ears. Yeah, that, that hamster was <sighs> clocking overtime. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this movie. I don't really like horror movies all that much, but for whatever reason, slashers like Halloween, for some reason, I can actually enjoy them. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. We'll see We'll see um, how the next one is. Um, next thing that we got... Uh, is another new series potentially? Um, not potentially. It's actually coming up, but <laughs> it is happening. Um, yeah, it is happening. But if you haven't been keeping up, uh, there's a TV show on on Amazon Prime called The Boys. Very good show. We've talked about it uh, on our previous episode. So if you haven't heard that, go check that out. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's a great superhero type show. Uh, definitely um, a departure from how Marvel approaches superheroes. How everyone uh, sure. does. Um, but they're actually spinning off that show to do a new show called, I think it's called Generation V. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but it's like a college set spinoff with a whole new cast. And it's got the same front runners. Eric Kripke is the executive producer who he also does The Boys. Um and the boys is really well regarded. It's a it's one of the top shows on streaming right now, so I'm really yeah. excited about that. Me too. I'm always interested when they can take a universe that they create and flesh it out a bit mm. more. Because they have, I believe they have like a little mini show called D for Diabolical, which is like an, it's an, like an animated yeah. yeah, it's like an animated show that doesn't. I think it's like an anthology. Like all the episodes don't really relate. Mm-hmm. But it's fun, and I'm really excited to see if they can keep this going because I know we've made it clear before, but I love this show, mm-hmm. and if they can just check off this box as well, I might just combust, I think. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, so if you're thinking about yeah. checking it out, uh, just you, you know you're going into a really crazy show it's it's edgy uh i don't even think edgy is the right word for it like it's it's something um (laughs) but from that show we're gonna go to another trailer that came out an actual trailer that came out also i believe Um, from amazon prime also from amazon prime sponsoring the rings of power yes this episode brought to you by amazon prime no not really no um please don't sue us Sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. 
Um, no, the the Lord of the Rings, the Ring of Power, uh, Rings of Power, which is set to be the most expensive uh, production of a show in history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're spending like over a billion dollars. I think it was that they that they said. Yeah, I think uh, they made a five season commitment already. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're going hard on this show, but they just released the first trailer, the first like real trailer um, of the show. It looks good, but I'm very very cautious about it. And I again I tweeted this on our Twitter uh, the other day when it came out. Um, one of the things that made the original Lord of the Rings trilogy so magical and even was lost a little bit in the Hobbit trilogy was the fact that everything was practical in that movie that could be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of your monsters and some of your, you know, some of your sets were not practical, but a lot of things were shot on location, uh, especially in the first one. So it makes it had a, a very grounded feeling, even for being a fantasy movie. And I really, really hope that they capture that in this one as well. Because if they don't, it's going to be a huge miss for me. It really is. How do you think this will compare to uh, the Game of Thrones sort of prequel spinoff series? Um, I just, think that... Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say just in, in terms of... Capturing the essence of the source material and fleshing out. Because I think, as you, I hadn't seen The Hobbit, so I'm not going to speak on that, mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings Hobbit side, but from the Game of Thrones side, I know it's just chalk at this point. Everyone kind of feels the same, but the starting sentiment from the show all the way to the ending sentiment could mm-hmm. not be any more different. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think that this uh, Rings of Power can satisfy the fans of the original? Uh, I think it'll be a tough ask to do because you're basically taking like all new characters and practically new source material. I mean, J. Uh, J. R. R. Tolkien mm-hmm. only really wrote. I mean, he wrote Lord of the Rings, and he wrote. Uh, the Silmarillion, which is kind of like a sequel slash, you know, uh, expanded universe type of book. But he didn't even finish that. He died before that was done. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like it, trying to explore a lot of things that weren't really fleshed out in the original in the books. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how it's done. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they do a good job with it, but you know, like we saw with Game of Thrones, after they had to stray away from the source material, the show quality went downhill. So I'm hoping that they avoid that. Me too. And I think I should probably get into watching mm-hmm. the uh the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, but if if the feedback from this new show is even remotely positive. I think I'll be giving it a shot. Yeah, no, for sure. It'll, I mean, I'll, I'm willing to watch it. It comes out, uh, what does it come out later this year? I think. September, I think. Yeah. Uh, I can fact check that. Rings of Power it comes out in 2022, September. I knew it. 
That's why he's the mentor of this show. <laughs> that's why I'm the host. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm second fiddle here. Um, but yeah, so uh, a little bit of news. Um, but I want to do. I want to play a game, Connor. I want to play a game. Go for it. I want to play a game that I've I've happily titled "You've Lost the Plot." <laughs> Alrighty, uh, the guessing game on real or fake movie plots. Um, so I have I have a group of a few movies. Uh, some of them are real, some of them are fake. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna read off one to you, and you're gonna tell me which one, or if it's real or if it's fake. Okay, go ahead. All right, it's very simple. I'm ready. All right, ready, ready for the first one. Mm-hmm. I've got four. So you ready for the first one? Yes. Okay. So this one's called. Uh, this one. It's not called anything. This one is called. I wasn't even gonna say. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna say Man. like what. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, aliens invade Earth. Dressed in hideous clown makeup and trap humans in cotton candy cocoons. I, I know that's true. That's killer clowns from outer space. Hey, that would be killer clowns from outer space. That's a real movie, nineteen eighty-eight. I was like, kind of a layup, but I figured it would kind of get us get us into the groove of the game. Like I said, horror is my forte. I won't even necessarily weird. call that movie a horror movie, but if <laughs> it's just weird, it counts. Yes. Um, All right, the next one. One for one. A man gets into a serious car accident and is thought to be dead. Only he wakes up 20 years later after his grave is unearthed due to a mudslide. I don't think that one's real. You would be correct. That is a fake movie that I came up with myself. That's good. That was pretty good. I was proud of that one. I was really proud of that one. Um, Two for two, baby. Two for two. I'm very, very impressed. All right, this one. These aren't your typical New York City cockroaches. They're obnoxious little insects who sing, dance, crack jokes, and cockblock poor Joe. If I'm going to say this is, is this real or is this fake? I'm going to say this is fake, but if I'm wrong, I need every single detail about this <laughs> show or movie. Sorry, this would be real. This is a real thing. This huh. is this is a movie. I believe it's an MTV movie from 1996 called Joe's Apartment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That has talking and singing cockroaches. Poor Joe. I, I poor Joe. Poor Joe. I need to, I I never heard of this movie before this, but now I really want to watch it. But yeah, I think we have to. Well, add that we to our watch along. I think we need to do yeah. a watch along of this movie. Uh so stay tuned for our our Patreon. Um where we start watching uh, watching old campy movies and B movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. All right, last one here. A lovable loser falls in love with a department store mannequin that takes the form of a long dead Egyptian beauty. See, math would say that this one is fake for a fifty mm. fifty split. Mm. My heart is saying that this is fake mm-hmm. because. I feel like that's a bit similar to a lot of other things, but I don't think it's that exact plot. But I have a dumb brain, and I'm saying that's real. <laughs> that is real, Connor Jameson. You've gone three for four. That is a movie called Mannequin from 1987. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's oh, they, they put me in the Hall of Fame right now if I play baseball. Yeah, that... so. 
Those are all I had for you with three for four, seventy five percent. Very, very impressive. I I was hoping I'd stump you on at least one of them, and I did. You, you got me with and I Joseph almost Hartman. got you on the other one. Yeah. Well, oh, that was so worth it, it. It's funny. What what did you say this uh, segment was called? Uh, you've lost the plot. So originally we had determined to call this segment movie or BS. Mm-hmm. So. I, I just want to, taking that kind of concept, I just want to ask you, I'm going to do my own. So, the plot is a lovable bear from people's childhood and his friend Pig <laughs> are murderous slashers dead set on killing everyone. Would you say that's a real movie? I would tell you that would be fake. A hundred percent. You would think. You but would no. Think. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey... A horror movie starring once lovable little round bear Winnie the Pooh is set to come out. I I don't think I saw a date. I don't know if I want to see a date. I they, I know that they just released the poster for they it. They released and it the poster. Incredibly bad. And yeah. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. So I just want to share some some facts about this. Mm-hmm. So. If, First things first, Winnie the Pooh, you would think, wouldn't be allowed to be in a movie like this, right? You know, because he's a staple for everyone's childhood. Mm-hmm. Was it, they had a Winnie the Pooh movie, actually. Yeah, come it was out. called Christopher Robin. It was with Ewan McGregor, who's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, um, but no, the copyright expired on Winnie mm-hmm. the Pooh, which made him public domain. So, what that means is now anyone has the right to use Winnie the Pooh in their work. So I'm glad the first thought that someone had with that is, I'm going to make this bear kill teens and young adults. I love it. It's just it's just so ridiculous. It's one of those movies that, like, I, I, everyone making it knows it's bad, but it's just fun, and it's going to make money. What if I told you this film was shot in only 10 days. Oh, only God. 10 days. <laughs> 10 days. When oh. when I say we're going to have a masterpiece on our hands, I mean it. And you know the only, the other reason I bring this up too is because if if you think like, oh, you know, Winnie the Pooh, maybe that's just like a it's a one-off type thing of like mm-hmm. a thing from my past being used in like a nice dark way. You mm-hmm. being correct again. Because on the same day, on the same day, <laughs> on the same day, Daniel Kaluuya, 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 no, fantastic actor. He's been working with Jordan Peele a lot, and he's stepping into a more creative role, and he is making a live-action dark Barney the Dinosaur movie. Barney, amazing creative choices by by Mr. Kaluuya. And uh, f- seemingly foregoing being in Black Panther to work yeah, he's... on his on his Barney movie. He's this is a sentence I never thought I'd say ever in my life. <laughs> the Barney bag is deep. It's been secured. Because I don't know how much detail is out there, but he did. Uh, Daniel said, uh, Barney taught us, I love you. You love me. Won't you say you love me, too? What if that wasn't true? And he's going to make a whole movie 
presumably around that subject. I I honestly, honest to God, I I this had never been an opinion before in my life. But now that I've heard about these two movies, I think they should go back and remake remake every single uh children's character into a horror movie. I every want single one. The second it becomes available. I don't want there to be any fair game. I want anything that I grew up with. Sid the science kid. I <laughs> wanna see him in like a reanimator type movie where he's just mm-hmm. using his science skills to bring back the dead. It's gonna be incredible. I am beyond beyond excited. I so am so excited. Um and speaking of stuff that we're excited for, it's stuff that we've seen. What have you been watching lately, Connor? So I've been on a little bit of you like a, that. Do you like that segue? By the way, I think I think we've been on a heaters with our segues. We've been on fire. All right, continue. Uh, I I did a little two four. Uh, so last episode I said that I had been watching The Boys and Stranger Things and Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. I've been watching some movies recently. I watched Lightyear and The Black Phone. How about you, sir? Um. So. I'm in the middle of watching The Bad Guys, and yes, I'm one of those people that can pause a movie and come back to it at a later time. What's it like? It's great. I know I, I have no problem remembering what's going on in movies, mm-hmm. and sometimes having it more time to watch it makes me digest it a little bit more and understand what's going on, and I love it. Don't come at me, or do. Come at me on Twitter, at FilmboxPod. And if you're like um, me, who has a terrible memory, mm. sound off, Team Connor. Team <laughs> Bad Brains. <laughs> team Good Brains. <laughs> um, so, I've, I've been watching The Bad Guys. Uh, I'm planning on watching The Gray Man when it comes out on Netflix in a few days. That like, looks... Seven, I think a week from now. Uh, I they just so. had their premiere. Um, and then I also watched Hustle with Adam Sandler. Uh, which was quite good. Um, and I actually posted a TikTok about it, did a little mini review. Um, so you can go check that out on our TikTok as well. But yeah, so that's kind of what I've been watching. I started Abbott Elementary. Um, and through the first two episodes, they're short, kind of like The Office, mockumentary style, but really, really funny. Really, really good. So very impressed with it so far. Uh, definitely deserving of the Emmy nods that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also started the blacklist uh, with my girlfriend. We're working on that right now. Just started, so sounds like fun. Been busy, busy person. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <sighs> you ready? And so yes. So the 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 meat and potatoes of our of our podcast here today. What we really wanted to talk about, um, and what you no doubt saw in the title. Uh, was we wanted to do our first sort of behind-the-scenes dive into the making of a movie, mm-hmm. a significant movie in our past. Jesus Christ, my cat. <laughs> Ridic- She's, uh, someone's like a, excited. A, a, really, a really significant... Yeah, someone's excited for this. That's staying in. I'm, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> um, no, something really... Uh, a movie really significant. Uh, the original Star Wars from 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something I know a lot about and can speak on. Um, so I think it was really, really good to have a sort of, uh, jumping off point for this segment going forward. Um, but it also had a really, really interesting production history. Yeah. So I was never a big Star Wars fan growing up, but even I had heard teeny bits of stories from behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. 
And I honestly thought, man, that must have been a wild set to be on. Oh, it was something else. Um, so without further ado, um, George Lucas, who created the series, uh, he actually uh, had his first idea for for like a sort of sci-fi fantasy type film uh, back in 1971 while he was um, working on his first full-length feature film, which was THX 1138, uh, which is a really, really trippy film. It's not for everyone. I don't even know if it's really widely available or if you can even watch it. Um, it's really kind of strange, but he was a huge Flash Gordon fan. Huge Flash Gordon fan to the point where he originally, um, when he was working on trying to make this sci-fi film, tried to acquire the rights to Flash Gordon to make a new Flash Gordon movie instead of Star Wars. So that was like the first big thing. And he actually went with Francis Ford Coppola to try and buy the rights and couldn't do it. He could not do it. They wouldn't give it to him. So he actually signed a deal with United Artists. Um, for two films. One of them was American Graffiti, which was a movie also you should absolutely check out. It was like his first big time film. And then A Space Opera was how it was titled. And so then he went to work. He started writing. He would, he wrote a ton, like constantly. Uh, he said he was writing eight hours a day, five days a week. So literally full-time job just trying to write this this movie. And actually came up with a little... A compilation like a little um uh just like a synopsis called journal of the wills uh which was kind of like a like an intro to what the star wars story would be took it around really didn't get anywhere with it a whole lot um and then um just kept writing actually finished this full like actual plot this actual script and then hired a few uh storyboard artists to concept art it you know try and get it to sell and actually met up with a guy named ralph mcquarrie ralph mcquarrie is very significant to star wars because he's actually the one that ended up really selling it to production companies um you know obviously united artists had told him like yes you can do a space opera but no one really wanted to sign off on it because it was weird it was 1970 whatever and it was just this weird weird film that they didn't think they could make and they didn't think would make a lot of money. But Ralph McQuarrie made some amazing concept art, which you can still see that actually sold the film in quite a few ways. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it came to be. Uh, casting was really, really interesting. Um, they cast Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Um, there are quite a few people that auditioned for <laughs> for Mark Hamill, but what George for Mark really Hamill? wanted to focus on. For, shit. I was going so well. I was doing so well uh, for Luke Skywalker. I can't let you just ride that one off. I totally, it went right over me too. Oh man. So uh, lots of people were up for Luke Skywalker, but Mark Hamill wanted someone who was unknown. Mark Hamill wanted him unknown. Did I say that again? (laughs) Oh my God. So George Lucas wanted someone that was unknown to play the role of Luke Skywalker. And he actually wanted someone unknown for every role, um, but ended up uh, not doing that too much. Uh, but yeah, he, he cast Mark Hamill as uh, Luke Skywalker. And then while he was doing other castings, doing stuff like that, he actually had Harrison Ford, who was in American Graffiti, just in there to read lines and ended up really liking him and cast him as Han Solo. 
Mm-hmm. Over, over, get this. Here's the list of people that auditioned for Han Solo. Ready? Go for it. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Boy. Nick Nolte. Sylvester Stallone. Bill Murray. Christopher Walken. Burt Reynolds. Jack Nicholson. James Caan. Robert De Niro. Al Pacino. Steve Martin. Chevy Chase. And Perry King. All those people auditioned for, for Han Solo. And we got Harrison Ford, the genius, just had his birthday. Like, happy birthday. And then Carrie Fisher as Leia, uh, the great Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan, who he, there was a lot of, uh, while he was filming after the film came out, a lot of people speculated and said that he actually didn't like being film, uh, being in the film. Really isn't true. There were some letters where he said, like, he doesn't get it, he doesn't really like it, whatever. But at the end of the day, he actually has come out and said, or he did before he passed away. He said he really, really enjoyed and really liked Star Wars as a film and enjoyed his time there. Um, So a lot of the things that you hear about him hating Star Wars are not actually true. Just keep that in mind. Um, But yeah, so Star Wars was cast and then they started filming um, in 1975, I believe. And so... It was really, really interesting. They chose some really great sets. Obviously, they needed something for uh, Tatooine, which is the main planet in the original Star Wars. And initially, it was going to be a jungle planet. And then they went up to the jungle, uh, and they were like, nope, not doing this. And they chose the desert. So they actually went to Tunisia uh, to film the movie. And in 1975, George Lucas formed ILM, which is Industrial Lights and Magic, the visual effects company. Specifically because Fox had disbanded their visual effects department. When you look at it today from a today's lens, not having, just totally getting rid of a visual effects department is nuts. Because we had talked about last week how like Marvel's VFX team was mm-hmm. being overworked and they were starting to come mm-hmm. out. Imagine if they had just axed that whole department. It'd be impossible to make a movie. Yeah. And that's um, in today's standards. I know Yeah. the concepts of visual effects have changed over time, but still, just mm-hmm. imagine the grand scale of what that did. Yes. So what was crazy about ILM is that they actually had to invent the things that they were doing to be... It wasn't like you hired a VFX team and it's like they went into their program and, and start, they legit had to invent how to make special effects, which is nuts. Absolutely insane. I can't even imagine trying to do that. They Like, being the inventors of, like, this is how you do practical and, and virtual effect explosions on screen, and this is how you film it, and this is what you use to, to shoot it, and it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite things about behind the scenes especially with you know as i've been saying like horror movies is f- listening to how the effects team works on bodies like body double mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. uh the monsters because a lot of times especially with the older movies they didn't have to invent the concept of like practical effects but it was mm-hmm. so much trial and error that led to just the standard for movies to come it's really incredible to look into it is really kind of crazy, and uh, ILM is still going strong today, and they're still like one of the leaders in visual effects in the film industry. So the fact that this company, this that was started by Lucas, has the staying power in the industry is just a testament to the work that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Industrial Lights and Magic was founded. Um, they started filming in Tunisia, and uh, on the second day of filming, 
or within the first week of filming, Tunisia had the worst rainstorm in 50 years during the first week of filming. Flooded out the entire sets. I mean, you you couldn't, they, they say, uh, you couldn't really see where the land ended and the sky began because it was all just a gray mess. I mean, it was so bad. And this country, this is a country that doesn't rain at all. It's a desert. Yeah. They had their worst rainstorm in 50 years. Um, after two and a half weeks, they finished filming in Tunisia, uh, moved over to their other location, which was Elstree Studios near London. Uh, and this was uh, for all their interior sets, stuff like within the Death Star, you know, all that kind of stuff was all within. Um, and they they chose it specifically because... They needed nine sound stages, uh, sound stages, simultaneously to shoot this movie. Nine, jeez, and they couldn't get that in Hollywood. They couldn't get that pretty much anywhere else. This was like the one of the only places that they could use nine sound stages. Mm-hmm. And um, while they were filming, it was like extremely common for George Lucas to just not even be there. Because he was working on other scenes and other sound stages. Like they had, they were just going crazy with stuff. Um, but yeah, so they were, they filmed, um, they just could not, they really struggled getting back on track. Um, but they ended up finishing and then they worked on post production. And that's a whole other mess, <laughs> a whole other mess for this movie. And at this point already, the um, uh, 20th Century Fox was fed up with. Uh, with the production and wanted to cancel it. Mm-hmm. There was one person within that boardroom, one person that said no. <laughs> said this movie is going to be made. And there's a very famous um thing that if you watch the actual documentary for the making of the original three Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. um, there was uh there was they were in the boardroom and this one man I think it was. Ernie Ladd Jr., I believe that's who it was, but don't quote me on that. Um, they were all sitting around, like, grilling him, like, why why are we still making this movie? We need to cancel it, whatever. And then he just looked at the ball and said, this is the greatest movie that's ever been made. And that was it. And it totally shut down the room, and they continued production. Um, but, yeah, so moving on to post-production... Uh, they initially had like a a first cut of the movie, and they early they screened it to people, and it was horrible. I mean, this was a movie, this was a Star Wars movie without any visual effects yet, mm. and cut in a way that people said was just just terrible, absolutely awful. So George Lucas actually fired his editor, and then um. Replaced him with Paul Hirsch and Richard Chu, and also his wife at the time, Marsha Lucas, who was an editor in Hollywood. Um, power couple. And they started cutting together. Yeah, power couple. And they started cutting together uh, a new version of the movie. Um, and fun fact, Steven Spielberg was the only person to like the movie when it uh, when it came out. Or when they did that first screening. I mean, all it takes is one person, really. This is very true. As long as it's... Um, just happens to be Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, and so they they actually did a really good job. Uh, they ended up using uh, right down to the very last frame of cuts quite a few times. They 
cut it so that they reused scenes and stuff like that. Like throughout scenes, they reuse stuff. They um, uh, they repeated uh, little sections uh, to make things last longer. Like they were down to the bare bones. I mean, there there were things that like you were getting to like they said that the very next frame on some of their reels was the end (laughs) end reel uh frame (laughs) so like they were really pushing it but yeah um during that time too uh sorry it was alan lad by the way not ernie lad i just want to want to point that out i knew it was i knew it was alan Uh, i just want to point that out um industrial lights and magic was really really struggling uh, according to the the documentary, they had spent half of their budget on four shots, and those Good four Lord. shots, George Lucas, George Lucas said that those four shots were unacceptable. So, um, they had to create a year's worth of work in six months and make it usable for film on half the budget that they were allotted, and they did it. They figured it out. And one of the other things. Um, that was really, really impressive. Um, was uh, I just want to highlight Ben Burt, who was the original sound director. Uh, he made all the sounds from scratch. There was no like soundboard. There was no sound library really. Uh, not for this kind of movie, especially at the time. He went out and recorded everything and made all the sounds of Star Wars. And he's an absolute genius. And should be commended for all of his work because that's basically revolutionized the uh, the sci-fi industry. Um, but yeah, so they in 1977, after a delay, they actually finished um, finished the movie. Uh, they were two two million dollars over budget, um, but they finished it. They got it out there, and it was actually released um, uh, on May 25th, and was only shown to 37 theaters across the country. And blew up, absolutely blew up, and it became one of the best-selling movies of the year, one of the best-selling, uh, one of the best-performing premieres, one of the best movies of all time. But it was, I mean, this this movie was one yes from being canned. It's remarkable. I, literally, it's like a, just against all the odds. Honestly, it really is. I mean, there's... The fact that this movie was even made is a miracle, and the fact that it was as good as it was is a miracle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where we are today. Uh, Star Wars spawned two sequels, and um, the two immediate sequels, three prequels, and then a sequels to the sequels, and spinoffs, and shows. And I mean, it's one of the biggest franchises of all time, I'm sure you know it, so. Yes. Especially now that really, really Disney owns it. And as we have been talking about with Marvel before, they are just pumping out the the Absolutely. content. Whew. Uh, wow. Let me give you a break I from feel, talking for a bit. I feel like a weight has been lifted off of my chest. <laughs> yeah. Getting, getting through that. The reason that Aaron kind of took control there is, as I kind of mentioned, I had never been a big Star Wars fan. It actually was Aaron who got me to watch the the three originals, the three prequels, the three sequels. You, for the longest time, were adamant that you would never see Star Wars. Yeah. And I am so glad that you changed your mind. I'm a big... I'll watch it if I want to, but the second someone tells me I should, 
I immediately take it off my list. Mm-hmm. I'm a free spirit like that. Can't can't be <laughs> tied down to anyone's recommendations. It's very interesting. Yeah, but I'm you know I'm glad you got me to eventually watch it because I think the first time you asked me to watch it was probably freshman year of college when we met. No, it was freshman year of college, and, and it, I remember it specifically because we went to see The Force Awakens in theaters and on the way back my car wouldn't start after the movie theater and this was finals week the last day of finals <laughs> the last day of finals i had an 8 a.m final and we were sitting in a parking lot until probably like 1 or 2 a.m waiting for your car a long drive yes we had like a 40 minute drive home too <laughs> it was so bad And I almost ran out of gas on the way home. Oh, yeah, that too. And we were scared that if you turned your car off to get gas, there just wouldn't turn back on again. Yep. Fun times. So, yeah, that was was something. But it was well worth it. Uh, It was a fun time. And I'm glad that that did not deter you for very long (laughs) from seeing the rest of the series. To be fair, it was, I guess, technically last year that I sat down and watched them. So I, I still waited it out four years since your yeah, initial well. request. Oh, well. Yeah. You got there eventually. That's all that matters. Exactly. So to wrap up this little, I guess, part of the behind the scenes, I just had some fun facts I wanted to share that I oh, discovered. Let's hear it. So the first fact is uh, Carrie Fisher, What uh, she played Leia, of course. Um, for those of you who have even just seen a picture from A New Hope, she has a very iconic hairstyle with mm-hmm. the buns that cover her ears. What I found out is that hairstyle was uh, influenced by the women who fought in the Mexican Revolution of the 1910s and 20s. I didn't know that. Uh, she referred to it as the hairy earphone configuration in her uh, memoir. It sounds like Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that the uh, the actor who played Darth Vader, uh, David Prowse, and yes. the the actor who voiced Darth Vader, James Earl Jones, never met each other at all? Interesting. In 2015, they tried to schedule a meeting, and I think it was like an ash cloud just prevented them from <laughs> linking up and... They never got to see each other. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. Cause <laughs> kind of crazy. Kind of seeing as how the two people made up the most iconic villain ever. And they just never was never knew each other. Yeah. Never met. Never during filming. Never after. Just interesting. Finally, there is a trash compactor scene in the movie. Um, But Mark Hamill actually explained on Twitter that during... The filming of that scene, he popped a blood vessel in his face from holding his breath too long. Mm -hmm. So they had to shoot all of his shots to the side so they wouldn't show it. Interesting. Yeah. So if you're going to if you're going to watch A New Hope, that's something to see if you notice. Yeah. Well, that was I think that was rather successful. Um, little cliff notes behind the scenes of the making of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Looks like you got some Rotten Tomatoes for me. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end on a, another game. Aaron got me with his 
uh, fake movies or not. So I will now quiz him by listing mm. a movie that I'm going to say I'm going to keep it relatively new and seeing if he can guess the Rotten Tomato critic score for. Aaron, are you ready? I am ready. Since you had brought it up in your What You Want to Watch segment, The Gray Man. Um, I do know, I believe this is like at a 65%, something like that. 52%. 52%? You're yeah, in, that sounds about you're right. You're in the ballpark. That's kind of like that average score. Yeah. Uh, yep. Something that's in theaters right now. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, that's interesting because I know it was it is not widely loved. You'd be correct there. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's actually sixty two percent. You want you're close enough sixty eight percent. Hey, you know what? That's not. I bad. think if that's if you're bad. within the if you're in the sixties, I'd give it to you. Mm. Okay. Uh, another one that I think is still in theaters right now. Jurassic World Dominion. Oh God. Oh, I have no idea. I think people liked it. I think I'm gonna go with like a seventy. So this is an interesting one. Oh boy. Critics gave this a thirty percent. A thirty? Thirty. But Oh my lord. The audience gave it a seventy seven. Hey! <laughs> now I have seen. I recently 30? saw this movie. I think I lean more with the critics. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Hmm. I. You know what? I thought people liked it. I don't watch Jurassic, so wouldn't know. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those fun movies, not necessarily mm-hmm. good movies. Uh last one. Uh Top Gun Maverick. This one I know people liked. I'm going to say that's like an 88%. I'll give you another guess because I want you to get a little closer. 92%. 97%. Holy shit! 97 Damn. You want to know what the I audience gave it? it? was that good. What? At 99 Wow. Oh my god. I didn't know it was that good. Jesus. I, I gotta go watch I've it. seen it twice. It is worth the 90. Is it The really? 98 average score. Really? Okay. But just as a comparison, you want to know what the original Top Gun scored at? I do. Please tell me what the original was. 58. Wow. It's that. Wow. That's nuts. That's really, really crazy. The fact that they made the uh, original was so much worse. The sequel was so much better that you don't see that very often, really. You really don't. And I think I think age just really helped this movie out. They made it so good. That's impressive. Uh, wow. Um, I got a joke for you, Connor, to end this this little podcast. I am not excited. Oh, I, I think you're ready about this. Speaking of uh, movie reviews. Okay. Uh, did you know that I stopped paying attention to the movie reviews after critics raved about the Green Mile? Why is that? Well, it was a great concept, but it was a terrible execution. <laughs> That's going to do it. For the Film Box Podcast episode 2, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye.
Today's a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way and the best way to launch, promote, and track your podcasts. Your shows can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, as well as getting you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a pay plan, and it helps support our show. We use Buzzsprout, and honestly, it's really great. Um, I, uh, I use it to track all of our, um, where we're, where we're being listed or we get our own website. It's really just a fantastic service. And I would recommend it to anyone that's interested in starting a podcast. Spusprout helps you get your show listed on every major podcast platform that takes one of the hardest steps in creating a podcast out of the equation for you. Thanks to Buzzsprout's help. And if you want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. Plus it helps you navigate how to do things, how to market your show, how to make money off your show, how to do all sorts of stuff. It's all right there for you to use. Honestly, it's not hard when you have the right partners and Buzzsprout is absolutely one of the best partners you can have out there. They care about you. They're passionate about helping you succeed with your show. So if you're interested in signing up uh, for Buzzsprout, use the link in, uh, in the description of, of the show here. It'll, like we said, it'll get you $20 Amazon gift card. And it helped, it supports us, and we appreciate it greatly. And now, back to the show. Ooh.